0: This podcast is brought to you by Blackbe Ministries International. To find out more, visit org.
1: Well, welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host, and I'm joined by Dr. Richard Blackaby. Good to see you, sir. Good to be with you, Sam. We are nearing the end of another year. 2021 is nearly in the rear view now as yeah, we... Yeah, nigh onto, uh, upon us here. I know, as we approach the, uh, the Christmas season and uh, it's uh, just f- full of... Uh Joy and happiness and lots of hopefully. sweets. <laughs> yeah, hopefully calorie
0: you know. caloric gain. It is. Yeah, yeah, you have
1: to really. It just sneaks up on you. Just uh, <laughs> yeah. there's, there tends to be cookies and and chocolates
0: everywhere. So you got to oh, really right when you think just when you think you're safe. I know. You have boom! To on, there's a chocolate. You have to be on your guard for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, well, and as we you know approach
1: this Christmas season, any had there been any Christmas gifts uh, in the form of uh, W's from your from your Buffalo. Well,
0: Sabres? you know, just lately they've actually been on a bit of a roll here. Oh, yeah, so wow. they're still out. their t- Their first, the starting two goalies are out injured, but uh, they've they've brought in a, they're a number of three, four, number five goalies right now that have actually done not so bad for them. Oh, so wow. there's there's glimmers of hope as there are all. Burns always, eternal. <laughs> the proverbial hope. Um, but wait till next year. Yeah. Boy. Oh yeah. That, then that's it when will gonna, all come together. Yeah. Yeah. The, the pieces
1: finally fit together <laughs> yeah. next year. Um, well, you know, Richard, you've written, uh, quite a few books, um, mm-hmm. over the years and, and one, I think that, that, um, has has been uh gotten a lot of uh, great reviews and and people really gravitate toward and i think it 's your wife 's favorite book it is yep um that you 've written which yep. that's that 's saying something yeah uh that 's a great endorsement uh for sure uh and it 's called putting a face on grace and uh of course we 'll leave links to this in the show notes but we thought we'd uh in this season of grace uh take a look at this book and uh and what it can remind us of and what it has to offer us, uh, this Christmas season. And I uh, not you just w- kind of walk us through the, uh, the, uh, the high level points of uh, yeah. putting a face on grace, why you wrote it and, and really who it's for.
0: Well, it's, uh, yeah, and it's, I, we kind of felt like this would be a nice time of the year to talk about this book. It is my wife's favorite book. Uh, it's called just putting a face on grace. And so like, most Christians believe in grace. You can't even be a Christian unless you've experienced the grace of God. So we're big fans of it. A lot yeah. of people, their favorite uh, hymn is Amazing Grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love to sing about how God's grace has uh, done so much for us. It's forgiven us and transformed us, given us a new beginning. And when we think of all the ways that God's grace has uh, blessed us, we're we're just uh, overwhelmed by his goodness. Yeah. But um, one of the reasons I wrote that this book is because I, I feel like there's something of a paradox, uh, that takes place because Christians of all people ought to be the biggest fans of grace because that we've got the most to gain from it. We're yeah. our, an entire eternity has been changed. We've got mansion, a mansion waiting for us in heaven, uh, all by the grace of God adopted as children of God, as fellow heirs with Christ. Uh, I mean, we, we've got to be big fans of grace. But what I've discovered is that a lot of times, uh, we're, we're great about receiving grace. We're not always so good about giving grace. Mm-hmm. And you would think that to whom much has been gu- given, that we would be the most generous in giving much to others. But, yeah. uh, it's, it's just, it's ironic how that is. And I think in the last couple of years, especially we've We've just seen a a real polarization uh in America uh of course, and uh and even a lot of Christians um are getting kind of thin on grace uh we're becoming very uh graceless toward those that we disagree with toward those that we feel like are uh opposing us or our, our viewpoints and uh and it's a shame because this is a wonderful opportunity for Christians uh in the midst of very polarized society w- what an opportunity for christians to demonstrate grace
1: yeah well there's never been a greater need for grace uh than than in today's society and uh, it is a shame that the church has seemed to to be uh, less on grace recently in yeah. recent times
0: it's uh it, and so you know and i tell uh, i i tell some fun stories in the book uh but uh, I, I remember when I was in uh, university, I had a class. It was a, he was actually a uh, uh, he taught a sociology class on the sociology of deviance. And uh, of course, you know, one of the first points he tries to make is everybody taking the class assumes they aren't a deviant, <laughs> that we're all the normal ones. You know, let's let's study about all the, the abnormal people in our society. And uh, he told us about an experiment he'd done a couple years earlier where he had given a midterm exam and then he, he, he sort of did, he called it the, stair, the stairway uh, uh, system where he, he tossed all the midterm exams down the stairwell and he picked the, the, the top seven that were near the top of the stairs still. And he took all those and he he, he he'd entered all the grades. So all the grades were entered accurately. But then he took seven of them and, and he just, on, on, the, he, on the top of the page, he just basically gave 10% more. He added 10% to all the grades. Now this yeah. is in Canada. So like in Canada, 80% was an A, uh, and so you had 20% to play with. No one ever saw a 90 or above in there. They are mostly essay questions. So, so he just, you know, everyone's got a really good paper was maybe an 83% or something. And so he would just write 93 on it. And then at, he went to the bottom of the stairwell and it took the bottom seven pa- uh, midterms and took whatever the, the, the grade was, and he wrote in 10% less. And so seven people have 10% more, seven have 10% less, and everybody else is just the, was the, the, how it came out. And so he hands them all back the next week. And so a week later, when the class meets again, he, he, he kind of explains what he did. He confesses. And he says, now it's interesting, he said, Um, Because he said, 14 of you got grade results that were not accurate, that were either too high or too low. He said, guess how many people came to see me this week to point out my mistake? (laughs) Well, there were seven people had come. And wouldn't you know it, the seven who got too little grade had all come, had, had done the math and come and pointed out, Um, and the seven who had gotten more than they actually deserved, not one of them had come, Mm. and not one had pointed out to the professor that he'd made a mistake, and they actually had deserved 10% less. Now, he assured them that he had not kept track of anyone's name. Nobody was going to be penalized because of that experiment, and Mm. that all the grades were actually entered accurately so that none of them had to come back and point it out. Uh, But that was a powerful example that... Basically, seven of those, st- all seven for seven, were happy to receive something they didn't deserve. Yeah. But they were irate and hurriedly making their way to the professor's office if they felt like they weren't getting what they deserved. Yeah. Um, and so we're happy to receive, but we, boy, I tell you what, we don't trust people that if we think that maybe they're they're cheating us somehow. And uh, it had uh, just been interesting to me to see how um even people that would see themselves as very healthy normal people uh if it if they feel like they're missing out on something boy they can raise a fuss but if it comes in any way to being generous with others or maybe giving some things away that they have so someone else can have them uh a lot of times we we turn into what i call grace tightwads all of a sudden we're we're not so excited about that and i You know, I remember when I was in seminary hearing about, everywhere I went, I saw these buildings with uh, the last name Fleming on them, the Fleming Library, the Fleming this, Fleming that. He obviously, he'd been a a, a wealthy, a millionaire uh, oil man. And one day his pastor paid a visit with him and and Fleming's feeling a little bit guilty. And he said, now, pastor, you just have to understand, he said, I grew up, Tithing uh, on my income, but he said, uh, you know, now I make so much money I can't afford to tithe anymore. He said I just make too much money. You want, you want a tithe like ten percent of my gross earnings would come to? Like I just can't afford that. So he said I'm, I'm giving, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving quite a bit, but I just can't give that much. And so his pastor very wisely looked at him and said, I boy, I tell you, I just can't even imagine how hard that would be, like having that many millions of dollars and then trying to give 10% of it away to, to God and his work. So he said, listen, I'll tell you what, I'm going to pray that God will reduce your income down to a level that you can finally afford to start tithing again. (laughs) And, uh, uh, right away the Fleming said, no, no, don't do that. He said, let me, let me talk to my accountant again and see if we can't work anything out. Uh, and you know, isn't it interesting? Sometimes the more you have, sometimes you can actually be cheaper. You can be more possessive, more afraid of losing what you have instead of being more generous. And of course, no one has received more than Christians have. And yet, um, and so we ought to be the most generous people around. Uh, and when, and and even if people are, are, you know, they they seem like they've got their hands out and they, they seem fairly needy, uh, you know, I, I, I get it. A lot of Christians will say, well, we're just enabling this bad behavior. Or, you know, They need to get up on their own two feet or whatever. Uh, sometimes that's the case. I mean, sometimes people really have just gone through some really tough luck and uh, you know, gone through difficulties that we would never you know, be able to even comprehend. But uh, you just sort of think that maybe Christians, though, at some, at some level ought to say, you know, after all that God has given me, the least I could do is just give some back. I, and I did, I don't deserve, you know, that's the funny thing I hear a lot of people say, yeah. they'll say, well, but you know, wh- why would I give, you know, charity to that person? I mean, they need to just go get a job. They just need to go earn it, you know, or, uh, or someone offends you and you, you know, you're, you're challenged to, well, you should forgive them. Well, I can't forgive them. They they haven't even apologized. You know, they they don't even acknowledge that they've hurt me. They've so, shown
1: the proper uh, penance.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. They don't deserve to be forgiven. And you'd say, well, that's what grace is. Grace yeah. is doing, giving people what they don't deserve. And it's interesting how we, whether we would say it in the, that many words or not, we somehow kind of feel like we do deserve what God gives us. Yeah. <laughs> but other people don't deserve, uh, our generosity toward them. And, uh, and, you know, you just say, well, no, wait a minute. You don't deserve all that God has blessed you with. And, you know, I'm very aware. I mean, I didn't, I didn't grow up in a wealthy family. You didn't either, Sam, but, but, uh, you know, still, I mean, comparatively to the world population, we still were blessed with all kinds of benefits just from the nature of the country we were born in and uh, the the opportunities to go to school and other things that lots of people in the world would never even dream of the possibility. Uh, and I know that I've been very fortunate in so many different ways. Um, and, uh, you know, and I know it had nothing to do with me. I didn't pick the family I was born yeah. in. I didn't pick the country I was born in. Um, you know, I, this, I've, I've worked hard. I've tried to make the best of what I've been given. But but there's a, I I got a big head start over yeah. a lot of other people, and uh, and I know that, and and I'm grateful for that, and uh, you know you want to try to help others that maybe didn't get the same benefit, but um, but th- but then there's just, I don't know what it is, uh, how why we somehow lose sight of that, yeah. how fortunate and blessed we are, and you know even and the sad thing is sometimes with family gatherings and Christmas, you know the, the sad thing is I mean Christmas. It's supposed to be such a joyous time. There ought to be so much laughter and and storytelling and game playing and great eating and and yet every year at Christmas there are suicides, there are mm-hmm. there are um, angry uh, arguments and people angrily leaving the house upset because of what someone said and you think, well this is Christmas. Like why would why would uh, two people in the family ever get into an argument at such a joyous time? uh Why wouldn't they just let that go? Why would they just not you know talk politics <laughs> over Christmas dinner yeah uh,
1: the one day of the year you know you can...
0: it's just like why would you've even gone there but uh but for a lot of times, we just don't show enough grace and yeah. we we don't we're 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 just adamant they're not going to get away with saying that or doing that. And, um, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. And, and, you know, grace, I, I think the thing I like about grace, uh, it, it, it's hard to define grace in one sense. It's kind of, it's a gift. It's, uh, it's how God demonstrates his love. But, um, but what, I, but it's easier to kind of see the kind of things grace does. And for instance, grace, um, grace, I think sees what matters and, and it sees what doesn't matter. And Grace just says, you know what? Winning an argument about politics at Christmas dinner is not that nobody wins. Uh, in that case, um, sure. They got up and angrily left the table. Does that mean I won (laughs) my, because my brother-in-law is not talking to me now or, uh, you know, my brother, my sister, uh, was that really worth that uh, grace just says you know it just be, people matter more than politics people matter more than get winning an argument and yeah. uh, and sometimes just you know not saying something uh is is wiser than giving my opinion and offending three people at the table uh do, did i really have to say that and grace has a way of breathing life into people. Uh, grace is what facilitates forgiveness and kindness and, and, and giving to people that don't even deserve to, to receive. But, uh, but you just, your heart is so full of God's grace for you. And you're so overwhelmed by his goodness to you that, um, you, you just can't help, but want to pass it on to someone else. And, of course, there's the, the famous story in Matthew, uh, I think chapter 18 or so, where, uh, where Jesus tells that amazing uh, parable of of uh, the the man who's for, who, um, is brought to account and he owes ten thousand talents and uh, yeah. and, he, um, and he and he can't pay it and uh, it's it, it would have been a, an enormous fortune. Uh, and he's going to be thrown in jail. He's going to be made a slave for the rest of his life. His family's going to be enslaved. And then, uh, then the, it says that the king felt compassion for him and, and said, You're forgiven. You, you don't know a thing. Just walk away. And incredible, incredible grace. Uh, the, this guy must have been stealing from the guy with both hands uh, just continuously. Uh, just brazenly greedily taking far more than he even could ever spend in a lifetime and yet the the, the owner has compassion anyway and just from the grace of his heart just says you know, you're you're forgiven you just you clean slate try you know, start over again and then of course that famous story the guy that's just been forgiven walks out and runs into a guy who owes him a hundred denarii a a pittance compared to what he's just been forgiven and he's grabbing him by the scruff of the neck, shaking him and demanding full payment right away. And, and you just marvel. You just say, well, that's just the most absurd thing I've ever heard. How could you be forgiven 60 million days wages and then get upset for a guy that owes you a hundred days wages? Uh, But such is the case with a lot of God's people. Uh, We've been forgiven an enormous amount and then people offend us and even sometimes pretty pretty light ways and we just can't we can't let it go we just can't walk away yeah. and uh and so certainly you know one of my prayers would be for our listeners this year is uh just take some time to to especially if you got a family gathering coming or you maybe you got kind of a you know a brother-in-law or somebody that you know rubs you the wrong way and it's like oh we always seem to get into it every year. We cheer for different football teams or whatever and and he always makes these obnoxious comments and I always feel like I have to give a rebuttal and and you know and it's maybe this year God just give me the grace to just celebrate what really matters and and just ignore let go release what doesn't matter. Yeah. And and over the Christmas season, hopefully you take a bit of time just to reflect on the grace that God has shown you, just how much He's given you, that you don't deserve, and just get your heart so full of gratitude toward god's grace towards you that you just you're you're so uh overwhelmed by the goodness of God that you just don't you can't help but just want to pass that that grace on to the all the people that you run into during the holidays yeah, well, let's take a quick break here and we'll wrap up when we come back. Hello, I'm Richard Blackaby, and I'm president of Blackaby Ministries International. On behalf of my parents and the whole Blackaby team, I want to just thank you for your friendship, your support, your prayers for our ministry. These have been challenging times, and uh, there's been all kinds of difficulties and uh, challenges and hurdles to overcome that... um, churches and individuals and ministries have never had to face before. But I'm reminded of what Paul said in Philippians, where he said, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And that's certainly my heart as well, to thank you for your partnership with us. And I wanted just to let you know especially as we come to the end of this year, that uh, a wonderful uh, friend of our ministry just believes so much in what God is doing that he has offered a $100,000 matching gift uh, to our ministry, which means that anyone who gives uh, a donation to our ministry from this point onward through the end of the year, he'll match it up to $100,000. So if you were thinking of giving us $100,000, this is the time to do it because it will be completely doubled by this wonderful donor. But seriously, we just wanna encourage you that if the Lord has placed us on your heart, this is a great time to do that because it will release the matching amount of money. And uh, we just have a conviction here at Blackaby Ministries that uh, God is doing some amazing things right now. Everywhere I go and speak, there just seems to be a hunger and a great response. And so we are looking forward Uh, to the year ahead and what God will do. And if you can help uh, in matching this very special gift, it will enable us to be fully prepared to respond to everything God will ask us to do. So thank you for all that you've done. And we look forward to serving with you, partnering with you in the year ahead.
1: Richard, I do find that uh, very odd that, that people have such a easy time receiving grace but such a hard time uh giving grace and i think oftentimes i know i'm guilty of this is we we kind of get into these tunnel vision type scenarios where we just we have a hard time stepping back and seeing the bigger picture like you said before the break and you know whether that's a, a coworker or whoever they just you just just gets under your skin or, or these little things that we can really get upset about that really ultimately don't matter. Yeah. And, uh, but, but we have such a hard time getting past that. So maybe just in the last few minutes of our conversation today, you could just share with us some, some practical tips for, for understanding and, and getting us in the right headspace to, to be more grace giving
0: yeah I think you know we've got to get past our feelings sometimes just to stop and and ask the question. So what matters here what what is important? And number one, you need anyone I see that is that struggles to give grace to other people, they've got way too low of a view of how much grace they require from God themselves. Yeah. if they had any sense of how much grace they have received, like uh, John Newton who said, you know saved a wretch like me. He he knew he was a wretch. How if you're a wretch that God has forgiven and made a joint heir with with Christ, uh, then you know full well that you you can't be holding anybody uh, to a, a strict line and saying you know you you don't deserve that. Yeah. Uh, because you know just how fortunate you've been. And I remember uh, there's I tell some stories in the book, but one that I remember uh, really impacted me back at the time I wrote it. There was a guy he was a i think he's a worship pastor at a church and he had a a teenage son that was uh as he was getting into like his 18 19 years old or so was just really starting to drift and he played he was a musician like his dad but he played uh in kind of a, a, a hard rock band and uh the only place places band could get any gigs was in a was 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 in bars yeah. i i guess after you were somewhat intoxicated their music didn't sound so bad and so yeah. but they and so he's out yeah. late a lot of saturday nights and so he uh you know he's living the dream he's getting he's a paid musician doing these gigs in bars but but then he's coming in so late on early sunday mornings that he he was missing a lot of church and the dad and him were going at it and the dad was just really worried about him and just didn't like his choice in music the venues where he was playing the the people he was hanging out with and uh and they were just really getting at odds with each other the, the, the son knew full well his dad was totally disappointed in him and the dad is just so worried the son has been raised in a christian home and now he's hanging around with all kinds of unchristian influences and one day the dad is in the kitchen getting ready to go to church sunday morning and his dad, his son comes out. It's obvious his son's been kind of waiting uh, for his dad to get up. His 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 son apparently's been up all night. And the son just says, basically, Dad, you 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 just need to know my my girlfriend is pregnant, and um, we're gonna get an abortion, and that's just how it's gonna be. And uh, and he walks out. And at that point, the dad just kind of hits the lowest lowest point, just mm-hmm. absolutely so angry and disappointed, he can't even begin to just know, even know how to even speak civilly to his son. But he's got to go to church and lead worship service. So he's has to get in his car, he's driving to church, and um, just in his mind, he's just so angry, and he's gripping his steering wheel, and he's gritting his teeth, and he's just rehearsing all the obnoxious things he's going to say to his son, and probably just boot him out of the house, and, and uh, you know, just think of just how, how tough he can make it on his son, if he's going to live that way. And he gets up to the church, he looks up and there's a big cross that he notices. And, and for some reason, some way, the spirit of God just takes that cross and just really, uh, draws that to this man's attention. And basically God just says, um, you know, before you cast too many stones at your son, do you realize what a sinner you were? and do you know how much it took to forgive you? Do you know how messed up you were before God saved you? And uh, you were not a saint when, when God found you, and, and you've messed up plenty of times since. Um, don't be too quick to just condemn your son. And the dad is so overwhelmed by the, basically the fact he just had lost sight of the grace of God that he pulled the car over to the, uh, into a parking stall and just leaned his head onto the steering wheel, and just wept, and he just said, "God help me, I don't even know how to show grace to my own. This is my own son, and I don't even know how to show grace to one of my own kids and uh help me to do that and so one of the things that the man kind of figured out he would do is he he had never gone to any of his son's concerts because they're always in a bar somewhere, and this is like a Baptist minister he doesn't want to be seen in those kind of places and um, but he decides, but it's my son, and so he decides he's gonna go and just just support his son just just watch and he um and so he goes down to this part of town he's never really frequented and he's he's standing outside this uh this bar and he's having a panic attack he's um, worried sick that what if someone sees me going in here? What if I lose my job because I'm going into places like this? And but he just decides I've got to make some choices here. What and he said, God, just he said, I just felt like God said, What matters right now is your son, not even your job, not your reputation, but your son. So do what it takes uh, to show grace to your son. So he goes in he he orders the the most non-alcoholic looking beverage that they have on their menu and uh and he stands he he just stands out there. I mean he does not fit that that clientele. Everybody can tell he doesn't belong there. And the and his son comes out to start playing the first uh set and he sees his dad and he almost just chokes. He thinks there's going to be a scene. Is my dad going to you know, yank me out of here? Is he going to, you know, embarrass me in front of my friends? And but his dad just sits there and claps when they, they're done a song and just is nodding and trying to be encouraging. And so at the end of the first set, the son hurried, hurries over to his dad's table. Says, "Dad, what are you doing here?" He's like, "You hate this kind of music. You hate these kind of places." And and uh, his dad said, "Well, son, you're you're right about both of those." But he said, "But I but I love you." And he said, I, I just don't think I've done a very good job of letting you know that. And so he said, I'm not here to embarrass you. You don't even have to talk to me. Mm. Don't have to acknowledge me. He said, I, I, I don't even really deserve to be honored as your dad right now. But he said, um, but I just, I just really want to try to be the kind of dad you need. So he said, that, that's all, the only reason I'm here. And so, so he started trying to go and just support his son. Well, this dad was, is the one who told me that story. And now it was several months later, and he said, uh, and as he was kind of telling me what had happened, he said, you know, nothing happened overnight. But he said, I got to tell you this. He said, um, his girlfriend and and my son decided not to have an abortion. They're planning to get married, and he said, and he said they both they've been in church. He said every Sunday since, including the girlfriend. And he said, I I think for I've been a pastor. He said all of my adult life. He said, but I. I think I'm just now beginning to discover what it looks like to be a person of grace, mm-hmm. and here it is his own son, and he's and he's about to drive him out, uh, burn that bridge so that there's no relationship whatsoever, and he into his horror he realizes that's not that's not going to win him back, that's not going to win his girlfriend. Um, it's grace that God uses to bring draw sinners to Himself to help people see themselves the way God does and to have hope that God can change them. And so, you know, there's so many stories like that where um, I, I, and, and I, I certainly don't write it as an expert. I, I share a number of my own shortcomings in this book of just having to sort of process that to say, what would it look like to be a person of, of grace? That doesn't just hold everybody up and examine them and shine a spotlight on them and say, "Well, they don't deserve grace. They don't deserve kindness. They don't deserve yeah. another chance." You know, they don't deserve me being nice to them after all that they've done. And to say, "But aren't you glad God doesn't hold you up to a, yeah. uh, a spotlight like that?" Before every time you pray and ask Him to help you or forgive you, and He run does He run you through the ringer and say, "Well, you don't deserve any of this." Um, it, it wouldn't be grace anymore and so you know there's a lot there it's it's a short little read really this book but uh there's lots of books that um that celebrate God's grace for us but what I realized is there's there's not as many books on us showing grace to others and we're so we're we're just arms open wide receiving all of the grace God has for us but we become grace tightwad sometimes when it comes to giving it to others yeah. and so my prayer over this, uh, especially this holiday season, but but certainly going into the next year, is that God might just make you a little more graceful. And whether it's over disagreeing with how your church is handling COVID protocols, or whether it's uh, politics and how your, your neighbor votes, uh, uh, can you be a person of grace that it doesn't matter, yeah. that you love them just as much, you're just as kind even when they're obnoxious, even when they totally disagree with your viewpoints on things that really matter to you, can you just say, but I'm just a guy who's never gotten over the wonder of God's grace for me. How could I not show grace to the people all around me as well?
1: Yeah. Well, it's a great message for, for this time of year. And, uh, it's something that we could all show more of and be better at. So appreciate you taking the time and walking us through this. And, uh, like, uh, like always, we'll leave links uh, to this book in the show notes. And until next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners, so email us at podcast at blackv.org.